that's what mindset really is, is just re-experiencing the world in a different way and mm -hmm. changing the experiences we've already had in a way that it creates change. Hey, freedom lovers, Kurt Mercadante here. Welcome to yet another episode of the Freedom Media Network. As always, we bring you interviews with incredible people helping you to build what I like to call holistic freedom, whether it's freedom in your business, health freedom, spiritual freedom, freedom of thought, you name it. Today, we're gonna, we have a guest who's going to speak about something that really crosses a number of those lines. He works specifically with business people. But first, I have something free to offer you. If you take out your smartphone right now and text the keyword FREEMAN, all one word, F-R-E-E-M-A-N, to the keyword 55678, that's all you have to do. It's free. You will get a text in return from me with my free Freedom Lifestyle audio course modules delivered directly to your inbox that you can listen to just like a podcast. And if you're listening to this podcast, I know you know how to listen to things. So text that, take out your smartphone, text FREEMAN to 55678. It's free. It will help you start designing your life of freedom and living it today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest. He said, just use his first name, just like Madonna or Cher, right? Or now, now they don't even call her Lady Gaga. It's just Gaga. That's what my, that's what my daughter calls her. We have Umar, who helps salespeople, realtors, entrepreneurs 2X their sales by building a winning mindset. He's a keynote speaker, author, neuro-linguistic programming performance coach. We're going to talk a lot more about NLP mindset today. He's been a successful business and sales consultant since 1994. He's been changing human behavior using applied neuroscience and NLP since 2003. Keynote speaker at conferences in 16 countries. We talked a little bit offline about his, about his travels. And he's author of three books, including, I love this, I love the title of this, Unleash Your Crazy Sexy Brain. Umar, thanks so much for joining us on the Freedom Media Network. Kurt, super excited to be here, and we're going to have a great conversation. Sometimes you can just feel it, so I'm not sure where it's heading, but it's going to be somewhere cool. So, dear listener, come on the journey with us and uh, help us do a great show. Absolutely. And, and you know, to start off, we, we, we have some similarities we talked about before we jumped on here in that we both, over the last couple of years, decided to sell everything, kind of uh, ditch the clutter, dissolve the clutter, except for what actually truly has meaning and start traveling the world. Um, what, what for you, I know for me, there was a, a number of triggers that led up to it and it wasn't just the, the COVID and other things that were going on. We'd been thinking about it for a while and just decided, Hey, let's do it. For you, was it kind of a, you woke up one day and said, I, I'm moving and getting, or, or was it a, was it really part of a journey that you were on? The thought was this. The thought was, hmm, I probably got another 30 years left on planet Earth. Have I made an impact so far? And the answer was, do people love me? Yes. Do people like me? Absolutely. Have I made an impact? And the answer was no. So if I only got 30 years left, will I be able to do that in my comfortable house, in my comfortable life in Baltimore? And the answer was no. What did people do to really figure out what they should be doing and making an impact? The ancient art was going on a quest. Hmm. And so uh, April something, I had the thought. By May 26th, I sold the house. I had garage sales, just got rid of everything, went to Goodwill and beyond. And uh, literally 10 t-shirts, 10 underwear, socks, two pairs of jeans, 
bathing suit, and a few items. Did you know the average house has 300,000 items if you count the spoons, the forks, the knives, and everything? And when I was cataloging everything, it was like, nothing has meaning. I, I collect it. I walk by it every day. I don't even realize it's there. And uh, then I just started picking stuff that had emotional meaning for me. And there wasn't a lot. And I went on a journey. And I'll tell you one evening in my journey. Then we'll kind of come back to continue this conversation. So I'm in Greece. Dinner starts at uh, 9 o'clock in the evening. It's in a courtyard with a 1,500-year-old tree. There's a wine expert at our table ordering wines. We had 10 courses, six different bottles, types of wine, many bottles of each, uh, with new friends that I had found. And at uh, 1 in the morning, the restaurant owner comes out, notices the wine critic, starts bringing more wines over, starts serenading us with songs, and the dinner ends at three in the morning. And I was thinking, why am I doing this? I could have been at home in Baltimore watching TV. <laughs> so if you stay in that safe life, you end up doing safe things. And I, like in a month and a half, I was on the other side of the world, making new friends, new experiences. And I think that's what life's about, is the experiences that we have and the impact that we make. And that's what I see you doing. That's what I hope your listeners want to do in their world, making an impact, being happier in life. And that's my mission. How do we help people become happier and break through their limitations so they become better, stronger, faster? I love it. And, and, and that, that kind of realization you had of, of the time left on the earth. And, and you said 30 years, but, but the, the bottom line is you and I could be dead tomorrow. I mean, I, yeah, I could go out and get hit by a bus. And about five years ago, uh, I woke up, I had a seven figure PR and ad agency that I had built and I was grinding. And, and I like to tell people I was fat, drunk, and stupid. Uh, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I was drunk on prescription drugs, numbing the anxiety. I wasn't being a, I woke up on a Tuesday morning, fired every single one of my clients and brought my revenue to zero and started over doing what I'm doing now. And and I've noticed over the last two years, if there is a flip side of the coin of what's happened, right, which certainly is not, we don't want to happen what has happened, it's that a lot of people I find are waking up and realizing, what the hell am I doing? You know, I, 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 I talked to a guy yesterday, man, he made me feel like I had never adventured. He spent four, uh, three years with his wife on a sailboat. He, he had sailed, but not like over oceans, sailing the world, came back to live in Sydney right before the lockdown. So he's got some mental health issues, some physical issues and everything. Um, so thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, it's kind of interesting is uh, what we know is not enough. Hmm. Uh, we have these headlights and we can see down the road uh, in front of us. And we think that's all it is. But if you start driving, you start realizing the headlights start eating up more and more new terrain, that there is a, a world of learning to do and a world of people to help. And some of the best lessons I've learned where I've become a genius is helping other human beings and the insights you get of taking your ego away and just helping another human being. And you're explaining something you already know, but because you have to dumb it down for the person, you go, oh my God, I'm learning it at a much deeper level. And how could I have missed this all these years? So the reason there's another 8 billion people on this planet 
is not to get in your way, is to teach you about yourself mm -hmm. and about your impact in the world. So embrace relationships, embrace adventures, because that's how you become the person you were always meant to be. Yeah. Well, speaking of learning, um, you know, our listeners are going to learn a lot today mm -hmm. and we've, we've had, we've had sales trainers on, we've talked from skill, we've talked about mindset, but one thing we've never spoken about is NLP, neuro linguistic programming. I know just enough about it to know I don't know much. Um, but I also know that some people either have like most things, uh, either have misconceptions about what it is, somehow it's controversial. They read a Tony Robbins book. The Tony Robbins has his own conditioning thing. So can you, I guess, it very basically, you talk about dumbing it down, it's very basic. Sure. What is NLP? So here's how it started. And the, the essence of what it is comes from where they started. Where they started was there was two gentlemen, Richard Bandler and John Grinder. And they worked at this institute in uh, Monterey, California. It was a mental health space. They'd have the world's leading therapists coming to this place, doing lectures and doing their work. And some of those leaders did magical work. There'd be a family ripping itself apart. And other family therapists would take, you know, months and months and months to uh, do something. And there were people that were doing stuff in like a session or two, like magical transformations, taking this family, ripping itself apart to uh, being united again, love again. And when they would ask that person, Virginia Satir, how do you do that? She would have one of two answers. Well, that's a piece of cake. Uh, how I do it is uh, A, B, C, D. Uh, that's how I do it. And other therapists were doing the exact same thing. And they say, wait a minute, you both can't be doing the same thing and getting different results. There has to be something going on at a deeper level. Or she would say, they say, well, how did you know to say this at that moment? She might go, I don't know. So they looked at these amazing professionals and they figured they don't know what's going on, but something's happening at an unconscious level. So they developed something called modeling mm -hmm. to figure out what's happening at a deeper level. Like when the person said something, what picture popped up in your mind that triggered what you needed to say? And how did that make you feel? And so they went down to the fundamentals of what it means to be a human. And they basically codified what they were doing. And then all of a sudden, someone like me could get a family ripping apart and bring them together like that. Mm -hmm. So it was a watershed moment from humanity. And what they really taught people was this. You can have a family going to therapy for six months or a person going for six months. But then on Thursday afternoon, the therapist says something. A moment before they said it, the person was broken. The moment after they said it, they had an epiphany and their life changed. What happened in the moment when they said it in the person's mind? That is NLP, that change point. Hmm. And one of the underlying principles of NLP is this is the best way we know now how to do something. And what that means is there's a better way out there by definition. So we're looking at what other people are doing and taking all the dogma away and getting to the essence of what's happening inside the human brain. So that was the fundamental birth of NLP is just understanding what happens inside a mind when change happens. Change for the good, like all of a sudden I went from being afraid to being fearless, or I was perfectly fine and now I'm terrified of elevators. Like five minutes ago, you were fine. What happened? Mm -hmm. And if we could figure that out, and that's what NLP is, but that's not the only path to create change. Here is my philosophy on human beings. That you, Kurt, you may not know this, but you, my friend, are a meaning-making machine, hmm. just as I am, just as all the other 8 
billion people on the planet. When we try and find meaning is when there's lots of emotions. So if you're uh, on a bus and somebody gets on the bus, you're like, huh, you may not even notice. But if somebody gets on the bus and they're talking crazy, like, and all of a sudden you're going to go, oh my God, is this person dangerous? Are they going to hurt me? Are they going to stab someone? Because it's a highly emotional thing. You need to make meaning out of it. And the meaning you make could be, be wary of people that are weird. Or it could be, oh my God, that person needs help. Or it could be something amazing. You're walking down the park and this kid falls over and this adult comes over and helps them up in this loving, amazing way. And it just makes your heart smile. And there's lots of emotions there. When in, anytime an event happens with lots of emotions, we make meaning out of it. And many of those meanings end up becoming beliefs that define us. Mm. And the only problem is those beliefs that get created go down in the unconscious, out of our awareness, and they create the behaviors that we do. Mm. And these behaviors we can't change because we don't realize there's a belief underneath locking it in place. And so we go to a Tony Robbins seminar or go, oh my God, I'm going to change my life. And we do change that behavior. But because we didn't address the underlying belief, the gravity brings that behavior back into where it was. That's what NLP is, understanding how to change our mindset and how to remove the fear and how to embrace awesomeness. I love it. We have a beliefs and behaviors workshop that focuses on Ooh. that foundational, the foundational beliefs, which, you know, thoughts stem from your beliefs, but then your thoughts reinforce your beliefs. So it's like this cycle. Self-perpetuating. If you, if I got a belief, which I hope I get, I'm the most handsome person in the world. That even if one person out of a thousand looked at me and they were looking at somebody more handsome behind me, I'd be going, "Of course they know I'm handsome," <laughs> and I'd capture that. It would strengthen the belief. And if I thought I was like a, a loser, and I lose the toying cost, like who cares? And the toying cost, it would just reinforce that belief, and it would get stronger and stronger till I get to this place where I don't even try new things, and my life gets smaller. So when you get a belief, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and we're looking for data. So let's say, Kurt, you got this belief that uh, uh, you are uh, a failure at business. Let's say you land a client that loves you. What you might say is this, I don't believe it, that they're working with us, because literally our belief is saying they shouldn't be working for us, and then you'll do something dumb to sabotage what you're doing. And so our beliefs are so strong, if they were conscious, we kind of go, that doesn't make any sense. But because they're unconscious, they change our thinking in subtle ways. And before we know it, if we had a positive belief, we are like freaking amazing and happy. And if we had a negative one, it ends up tragically unless we figure out how to take charge of this. And I think that's my mission in life is if we could teach people how to take charge of their mindset, then they could decide how they want to feel. I mean, take bullying in high schools or elementary schools. There's a bully there that's needy, that needs to be feared or liked or whatever, and they say this hurtful comment. If the person doesn't react, they move on to the next person. Mm. If the person reacts, it gives them, uh, feeds them, and they keep on picking till the person uh, overcomes. And let's say somebody picked on some kid and they reacted badly and they had the skill set to let go of that negative event. The next day when the bully comes and says, you're stupid, and it'll be like, yeah, whatever. And the bully just goes away. But we become our own victims. And if I can empower people to take charge of this, Kurt, it would just make that 30 years of my life that's kind of winding down or beyond. And it would make every day a joyous day if I could help someone realize. And before we leave today, I'm going to show you how to take charge of this. Yeah. It's proof positive. 
and we'll talk about self-esteem, but uh, uh, pretty much that's it. Your beliefs define you, and uh, even listening to our conversation today, it could be somebody listening to it, and they could go, huh, I don't need to believe this, and they'll just go on with their lives, and their life would have changed, and you and I would have done a great job. <laughs> yeah, we, and, and, and on that note, you know, there's some people, and, and you know, I do daily calls with potential clients, and uh, you're a sales trainer, and what I find is one of the one one of the one of the most interesting things. I, I don't use the word tough or hard or anything, you know, like that, because then it becomes a belief that this is hard and I got to struggle. But one of the most interesting things is getting someone to embark on a journey to deal with their beliefs, but getting them before you work with them to overcome their beliefs enough to pay you money to jump into the program about their beliefs. It, it's, yeah. it's very interesting, you know? <laughs> it's the old catch-22. Yeah, yeah. If you help oh. me get over my limiting beliefs, I'll pay you, but uh, I can't take the course till I pay you. <laughs> <It's> like, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What about, you know, you mentioned uh, some things that happen, uh, and, I, and I, as you were saying this, pictures came into my head of, uh, you know, and, beliefs that all of a sudden or or fears or uh phobias that all of a sudden appear out of nowhere i mean when i was in college i would uh you know for drinking money right i would go and sell my blood plasma they wow. had these things where you could go and you get 25 bucks a pot i remember one time we're like we're going to new orleans in three days so i went and you could do it every 24 hours i think we did and I would, three episodes <laughs> they would yeah and they would uh this needle was about as big as a pencil, I feel like. Whoa. And it was big, and they would put it in my arm, and you watch the blood spin. You got this weird taste in your mouth, almost mm. like Gatorade, because they would replace the play. I, I would see other people pass out. I would laugh. I had no problem. 25 bucks. Ka-ching. Well, yeah. 12 <laughs> years ago, I had an incident where all of a sudden, the nurse said something while she was, I was getting a cholesterol test. She said something. I remember the exact words your vein collapsed. She said those words, I collapsed. I went down. And ever since then, I had problems. I could deal with it physically giving blood. I recently came over it, uh, clearing some limiting beliefs, doing my mindfulness, my breathing program. Um, so that's, that's, that's an interesting thing where something bubbles up overnight. But how often, you know, uh, some of these things, you know, we were programmed since we're one years old. Uh, oh, less you know, than that, less than that, my friend. How do you overcome, well, and I guess you're going to show us here on, on the program today, but um, is it this, is the root the same? Something that appears seemingly overnight versus something that's been there that you don't even know is below the surface that's been there for 45 years. Is the root of those the same? Oftentimes, like, I mean, there's uh, diseases you're carrying in your body right now. And it could be some external trigger could trigger something and the virus was always... Mm -hmm always in your body. I think with Lyme disease, sometimes uh, I was reading a book where the actual vaccine can trigger a dormant virus inside your brain that causes significant personality change. So the same thing is true. It's like some event happens when you're, you're young. It's a traumatic event. It's forgotten. So I'll give you a good example. I had this uh, uh, guy come in, his boss sent him in to see me because he uh, went to take his bar exam and he failed it. And he, when he went into the office, the CEO said, how did you do on the bar exam? And he goes, I, I flunked, I froze up. It was this one area of law and all the knowledge just left my head and I froze and I just flunked it. Go see Umar. So he comes in to see me and I say, Don, okay, so tell me, uh, you know, just before you got to that area of the law, 
see what you saw back then, hear what you heard back then, flip over to that page and be there in that moment and see what you saw and hear what you heard and notice what you're feeling in your body. And he goes, oh my God, there's a negative feeling right here that's just come up. I said, okay, there's a tool from neuroscience you can use to link this feeling to the unconscious mind that records everything. And as soon as I did that, it went back to a childhood event. He was uh, going to the movies with his uncle, his aunt, and his cousins. It was a winter day in Baltimore. And they came to a traffic light. And across the street was the movie theater. And the marquee was flashing movies, movies, movies. And Don was about five years old. And he was dancing because that's the favorite thing to do, go to the movies. And he didn't notice a patch of ice by his feet. And he slipped on it and fell into the street just as a car was coming. And the car was going to run him over. But the car jammed on the brakes. And it ended up hitting him and knocking him over and going over him. But he was such a tiny kid, but he was between the wheels. So his uncle goes over, brushes him off. Nothing's broken, nothing's bruised. They go to the movies, but inside his mind, when he was underneath that car, he had a thought, if you're not prepared, you could die. And when he was taking his bar exam, uh, he was working full time and he went to all the classes except for one where he got some DVDs on that area of law. And somewhere in his unconscious mind, I'm not prepared because I didn't see it live. And as soon as he went into that area of the law, it went back to that childhood memory and he just froze. And so we figured out what it was. We changed the belief around it, sent him on his way. And there's a voicemail somewhere in my archives about two months later, him saying, Hey, Umar, just want to let you know, I took my bar exam again. I aced it. Thanks so much for doing that. And that's how quickly we can get uh, fragged up in an instant. And your body goes from, your mindset goes from, state a being okay to being broken in a moment but that's a state change in a moment and then what i ended up doing was saying okay you're not okay and let's make you okay and we can do it in the same moment that's the power of our mind literally is when things happen they happen in a moment so if someone's getting abused over seven years the seven years is awful but it could have been three months into the abuse is where they made a belief about themselves like I'm a loser. Hmm. Didn't happen for three months. And everything else after that uh, strengthened that belief. But that moment created, and that's the belief that stopped them living their life fully. So we can go back and change that. And all the energy from, let's say somebody was seven when that happened, and now they're 27. They got 20 years of uh, data reinforcing how much of a loser they are. And all of that is not true. Once you go back to the original event and you heal it, you take the power out of everything and all that energy collects back up and it comes back into you. That Because right now, there could be a, a phrase like you just said that takes you back to that and you fainted a physical reaction because part of your energy was trapped in that event from all those years ago. And even though that negative event happened, it allowed you to claim that energy back. And in a moment, if you like, I'm going to show you a process to heal that. Yeah. And we can do that privately after this uh, call, or we can do it uh, during this call, but it's all up to you, my friend. Yeah, I'd love to do it on the call. You know, one quick question, and then let's let's get into the nitty gritty of showing folks how, how this is done and, and sharing some of these. But how have you used, you, you, you work with business owners and, and the beliefs in business are the same as beliefs in body and, and, and mind and spirit, right? They're all interrelated. I could have a belief about, uh, I'm a loser. It could impact my business. It could impact my health. It can impact my happiness. I could have a belief that, you know, 
I'm not a good leader. Hmm. And I helped them overcome that. And all of a sudden they tell me, oh my God, uh, my wife's changed. My relationship with my wife has changed. I'm not sure what happened to her. Nothing happened to her because that one belief impacted you in many areas. You were only aware of the business side, but there was also a personal side. And once we heal that, you showed up differently. And of course, because you show up differently, your wife shows up differently and she didn't change. You changed. So they're all interconnected. Uh, even as human beings, we're a system and our system is mind, body, and there is a spiritual side of who we are, an energetic body. Mm. And I'm a firm believer in this concept, and I invite you to follow me on this journey if you're not a devotee of this mindset. There's a Mark Twain quote, Sir, there are lies, and there are damn lies, then there's statistics. But there's a fourth one, and this is the one I uh, propose. There are useful lies. Hmm. Even what I'm telling you right now, if it's a useful lie, who cares as long as it gives you the results you want? Because even Einstein, in his infinite genius, he came up with a model of the world that turns out is not correct. Right. But still with that, we have cell phones and we have this quantum leaps in these new technologies based on his insights that were wrong. Now there's better ones that are like, he wasn't totally wrong. There's better models. And for you and I in human dynamics, uh, my firm belief is whatever I know right now is the best I know, but there's better ways out there. And that keeps me on the lookout mm. for new things. And so that thought, humans are meaning-making machines, is it true? I think it is. Even if it isn't, is it useful? Damn right it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I often say, you know, why don't we learn quantum physics growing up? It's because Newtonian physics can help you with carpentry. Yeah. Newtonian physics can help you being an engineer and why gears turn. Is it the way the universe works? Not necessarily, but if we had taught quantum physics, you know, the schools currently are geared toward career and, and, and those types of things. And so, um, well, let's jump in. Okay, if, before we jump in, I'm going to kind of tie it back to our friend Einstein. Yeah. He called yeah. quantum mechanics spooky. Yeah. Because magical things happen and what the mystics were saying about humans and knowing and clairvoyance and all that stuff, there's a science behind it in the quantum world. Mm -hmm. And make that a useful lie. Go study it. It's amazing. So yeah, let's move on. So yeah, I have I have uh to show you the books that I have behind me, the holographic universe, everything, you know, real magic based on quantum physics. And it and it just it blows my mind. And but it also broadens my mind to have more context when stuff hits the fan to look and say, wait a second, this universe is pretty big and pretty amazing and the ability to attract what you want. Um, and, and looking and, and it's so interesting. Yeah. Spooky action at a distance has been proven yeah. now. Right. Absolutely. And, and like stodgy and, companies like IBM approving it. Yeah. Right. They're like right. On the cutting edge of this stuff. Okay. Here we go. You ready to go? Let's do it. I'm getting my uh, getting my phone ready, and I'm going to do something crazy on this phone. You won't even believe what I'm going to do. <laughs> I am going to do this, my friend. I am going to hit uh, start over here. Okay. All right, Kurt. What I want you to do is this. I want you to take a deep breath, let it out slowly. And when you think about that event with the nurse where you uh, she said that phrase, what was the phrase that she said? Uh, your vein collapsed. Your vein collapsed, and then you collapsed. You fainted, right? 
So when you think about that uh, happening, uh, it's kind of worrisome, right? A little bit. What might happen in the future? Sure. Absolutely. And so on a scale of one to 10, how likely that may happen again, 10 being absolute certainty, zero being it'll never happen. What's your internal compass that it might happen again? Um, right now, probably about a six. Yeah, a six. So, yeah. so what I want you to do is in a moment, I'm going to get you to go into your mental theater and we're going to pick two events. We're going to pick B and B will be the time before, you know, you went into, uh, uh, the place to do the blood draw for your cholesterol and everything was fine. You were feeling fantastic. That is going to be B. And then you fainted and then you got home at some point and you were okay. And it could have been that afternoon. It could have been that evening, but at some point you were okay. At what point in the evening or afternoon were you okay and safe and you were fine? Mm -hmm. Like when was that? Was it at the nurse's office or when you got home or when was that? Uh, no, it was probably, I would say probably about five or six that night, depending on when it was. Uh, right. So sometime that evening, right? You were yeah. okay. So I want you to take a deep breath in and let it out slowly and close your eyes. And you're going to make a, a movie, uh, right before you. And in that movie, what you're going to do is go to five or six o'clock at night, being at home and just see yourself there for a moment. Everything's okay. You're fine. You're safe. Can you see that? Yeah. Excellent. Now I want you to go all the way back when I tell you I'm going to snap my fingers and you're going to take the movie back uh, going, you know, five times the normal speed all the way back to being in the nurse's office before she does the stick or says anything and she's smiling, you're smiling. Ready? One, two, three, go from being okay in the evening to before the whole incident starts now. When you get there, let me know. Okay. Excellent. Now I want you to go back to uh, A, you know, in the evening, everything's okay. And you're going to go back, and this time you're going to go 20 times faster back to being at the nurse's station. Everything's fine. You're okay. I'm going to snap my fingers 20 times faster. Go. Okay. Now I want you to go back to A in the evening. And this time when you go back, I want you to play just some silly uh, carnival music in the background and 20 times faster, go back now okay and now once you go back to a you're going to go from a to b with silly carnival music 20 times faster when you get to a you're going to feel great you're going to go to a blank screen and repeat it three times in a row but mm -hmm. always a blank screen after you get back to uh the beginning right so do it three times fast now go okay take a deep breath in again let it out slowly and i want you to just see yourself in a medical situation, they're drawing blood, you're chit-chatting with the person taking it, everything is fine, and uh, you make them laugh just with something funny you're saying, talking about what you do, and everything is okay. And now I want you to open your eyes, and I want you to think about the next time you go in for a medical procedure like that, uh, you fainting, 10 would be absolutely certain you're gonna faint, zero is you're not gonna faint, what's that number change to? I would say about a three now. Good. Not bad for four minutes. Yeah, right? So that's yeah. just a simple, small little example of the power we have. Once we realize the immense power we have to change our experience, because it turns out, Kurt, that there is no such thing as reality. There's a perception of reality. Because do you have any siblings, by the way? Oh, yeah. I got uh, three brothers and a sister. 
So uh, a couple of those crazy people, when you think about an event that happened in your past, and it's like, Aunt Betty was drunk. No, she wasn't drunk. She wasn't even there. And it's like totally different recall of what happened. And it was such an important event for you and for them. So we have a perception of what happens in this world. And the way we bring that in is through our eyes, what we see, through our ears, what we hear, uh, smell, taste, touch, uh, emotional touch. You know, we feel emotions, we're touched by them. And the sixth sense, if you believe that, spookiness at a distance. Mm. That is how things come into our world. But we put up filters depending on our experience of how we grew up. And if you grew up in a rural place, animals and dying and death is not that big a deal because that's life on a farm. And if you grew up in, let's say, Manhattan, there's no death and it's like really hung up about it. So we see the world differently and what we see and what we don't see uh, changes. And we've all had one of these experiences where we get half the people in a room and we just tell them this secret uh, incantation. Are you ready? Yeah. Yellow, 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 yellow. And we get another group that we tell them red, 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 red. And then we open the door to another room. And of course, the people that were programmed for yellow see all the yellow things automatically and disregard the red and the red people see the red things. The same thing is true from our earlier experiences in life. They filter the way this, we see the world. And so what we need to realize is the way stuff went in was through the senses, that we can use the senses to recreate the meaning of things. Hmm. And that's part of what NLP does, and that's part of a lot of other modalities do. And God knows, we've got eyes we can see. We've got ears we can hear. Uh, so, yeah, that's what... Uh, that's what mindset really is, is just re-experiencing the world in a different way and mm -hmm. changing the experiences we've already had in a way that it creates change. I, I love that, how you describe mindset, because in, in our society, a lot of people have come to see mindset as just work harder and get pumped up without addressing the underlying beliefs and meanings, right? Is, is that good advice? For some people, it's brilliant advice. Working hard, nose down to the grindstone, absolutely go do that. But uh, uh, many of those people are miserable. Mm. And there's other, I'm going to call them uh, another scientific term, a bunch of bastards that are lazy, bunch of no good, nothing people that basically show up and they get 12 customers. It's like, how? Right. Their mindset is different and they're just showing up differently and the universe is bending over backwards to help them. And I think not that mindset will make everything magical, but minds. So here's my hope for people is this, is that you have a version of yourself that you share with the outside world. Look at me, I'm pretty or smart or intelligent or broken or a victim or good for nothing. And then we have a sense of who we are, but there's a lie between the two, right? Hmm. But then there's a third space of who we actually are. If we figure out who we actually are, then we don't have to pretend who we think we are. We become that person. And if we get enough confidence, this is the person we show the outside world. So there's only one Kurt. There isn't a Kurt that's in front of customers saying, hey, I'm, a, I'm Kurt, or with his family or with his friends. It's the one Kurt. And those people are rare human beings. And the reason we love them is we feel safe around them hmm. because we, what we see is what we get. And there's an authenticity there. And my biggest dream for people is find your authentic self, live your authentic self. And part of that journey is letting go of the limitations, 
part of that is the need to be liked or loved just goes away and you just become uh, that person. And I'll leave you with one thought and let you ask some more questions. But I heard yeah. this a long time ago, the three stages of man. You believe in Santa Claus. You don't believe in Santa Claus. You are Santa Claus. Wow. And that's when you become authentic, then you're just giving and you're not doing it with agenda. It's like, I want, I'm going to do this because I want Kurt to like me because there's like a transactional thing. It's like, I want to help Kurt because he's a really nice guy doing good things. And that was my intention in, in being here today, but especially asked you permission. Can we do this thing online? A short little like, like thing. Uh, the intent wasn't look good. The intent was how can I be of service? Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned something in terms of, and, and, and certainly in, in speaking about building your business and, and having a freedom when you do it, you mentioned some people who you'll work with and, and probably in workshops, right? Who do everything right in terms of crossing the T's, dotting the I's on the skills. Their script is tight. They make their calls. They, their, their marketing, their message is great. And they can't seem to, to generate leads. They can't seem to book the business. And then, like you said, there's those other people who just kind of stumble, bumble through it and end up with 12 clients. What's the root of that? Um, and, and we just had, uh, Zira Mahoon, who's a law of attraction expert come in nice. and, and, and I'm a big fan of that, but sometimes breaking that down for people in a way that doesn't seem magic, I'm doing everything. How do so, you deal with that? So there's probably a few levels there. Number one, it's the, do you know the skills? And it's like, yeah, I know what to do. This is what I need to say, and this is the steps to do it. Then we get to a level of, uh, do we have mastery over it? Because I can say all the right things to you, Kurt, but if I don't say them with the right intention and the right way, I'm not going to get the same results. You wouldn't want to work with me, would you? Uh, I mean, we say stuff like that comes out instead of work with me, and we don't even realize we're doing it. Uh, the second thing is, uh, so learning the skills, getting mastery, and then the third spaces mindset because i can say you may not know this uh, kurt but i am uh women find me incredibly attractive now a lot of people believe in positive ass affirmations and i love them too here's why i like them when i say all women find me attractive all women find me attractive i'm listening for the voice in the background saying who are you kidding? Come on, man. Have you seen your short or whatever? And the, the, the magic isn't in the affirmation. To me, the magic is when that negative voice comes up. Because if you can trace that down to the belief that's causing it and change that belief, the voice goes away. And so doing all the right things, if we don't really believe that we're worthy of it, then we send off a subtle message. Have you ever been with someone where you meet someone, you go, oh my God. They look the part, they're saying the right things, but there's a part of me picking up a sense that there's something wrong here. And you might be able to pick up what's wrong or you might not be able to, but you get a, a, a vibe that just isn't right. Have you ever had that experience? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. You could be someone that knows all the scripts, you know how to do it, but you're putting out a vibe that's saying, not me, don't pick me, or I'm needy, or I want you just for your business and I don't really care about you. And that's the mindset piece. And I think overcoming those limitations are critical. And sometimes it's, uh, 
it's a belief thing and sometimes it's a spiritual thing where mm. just somehow one of what breaks my heart uh what breaks my heart is if i have a room full of 100 people and i get them to tell the truth and i say how many people here know that you're not lovable hmm. hands will go up my friend hmm. more hands than you would think and when you talk to their friends when you talk to their loved ones they're like what are you freaking kidding me jane is freaking amazing but somewhere in her heart she believes that she's not lovable and she doesn't get the level of relationships she truly wants it's not the other people it's her and she isn't even aware of it that some childhood experience or some spiritual damage was done and all of that is healable as soon as we heal it it just changes everything and that's the journey we need to be on and here's what my my real belief is it's that if you believe in the maker god the universe or whatever the maker put you here to shine hmm. they did not put you here to fail failure is of our own making because when we were like dumbass stupid babies we failed all the time and we didn't give a shit it's just right, like right. we just kept on exploring and learning and it was just amazing and then somewhere along the journey uh, because what our parents did or friends or whatever we start making meaning about ourselves and all of a sudden we start taking all that failure to heart or i'm not good enough or bad or whatever and so what we need to do is unlearn all of that stuff and realize that it sounds like bullshit. there's no failure there's only feedback because uh if we don't have the right belief it feels like failure and it feels awful and when you feel awful you can't imagine a better alternative but if you can just step back a little bit it's like okay i i truly believe that kurt my friend you have a god-given right to suck and i want you to have that and embrace it because if you had the ability to suck you wouldn't give a shit and you would go try something new your first attempt would it be dreadful no you're an intelligent guy you've got lots of resources let's say you get a six out of ten on your first try which is probably way better than anyone else but if you waited for perfection you'd never get off the starting line mm -hmm. and as soon as you do the six out of ten you'd kind of look at it and go huh what can i do better instantly you're going to get three ideas to do it better worst case you'll you'll ask someone that you care about that's in that area and they'll say oh kurt oh you just need to change this and before you know it, you'll be at an eight out of 10. And then in the next little while, you'll be at a nine out of 10. And it might take you a lifetime to go from a nine to a 10, because that's what you're talking about getting into like genius mode. Hmm. But that's one thing geniuses do is they're always looking at what's that one little thing I can do to tweak it, to get it closer to the hundred percent. And, but if you don't ask that question and you don't go for embrace your ability to fail and to suck, you won't get off the lines and that's there's so many people out there that have the answer to the world's problems but because they're waiting for perfection they're not sharing it with the world yeah go forth and suck my people <laughs> <laughs> what what are some you know looking back and 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 working uh, say in the business context with business people yeah. who, who are maybe suffering not where they're at not not where they want to be uh especially when it comes to growth sales any any very interesting stories because i love hearing actually like just i'll tell you one story yeah and i know we're coming up to the end of the hour then i want to give an experience to your folks so they get something a takeaway they can use right yeah, away absolutely so i got this uh i did a keynote and uh this guy 
came in to see me afterwards and he says, Umar, I'm the number one salesperson for my company. I'm winning awards and I'm, I'm making a ton of cash. And I go, okay, that doesn't seem like a problem. He says, the problem is this, is I know I could be operating at a much higher level, but I'm not. And it drives me freaking crazy that I'm not at the next level. No matter what I do, I can't get to the next plateau. I said, okay, tell me about a particular time you were like beating yourself up about not doing better. He says, I came home and I was in the driveway before I went in the house and I had a thought and the thought was, why aren't I doing better? What's wrong with me? I said, okay, in your minds, I go back to that moment. And when you go back there, I want you to notice if you were feeling anything uncomfortable in your body in that moment. He says, yeah, there was an uncomfortable feeling right here when I was thinking that thought. So I used a tool from neuroscience to link this feeling to the unconscious mind that records everything. And as soon as we linked the two, it went to a childhood memory he had forgotten. Uh, he'd gone into a restaurant with his parents. He was about eight years old. And before the waitress came, dad pointed at him and said, remember, don't order steak. We can't afford it. And in that moment, it set up a belief around self-worth and money. And even with that limiting belief, he's the number one sales guy. But as soon as he wants to do better than he's doing, that limiting belief kicks in. And it starts an uncomfortable feeling that keeps him prisoner where he's at. So we figured out the belief where it came from, changed the belief, and about a week later, I got a call from him saying, I'm not sure what the frick you did, man, but my confidence, my drive, my passion is off the charts. And I'm just operating at a much higher level now. And that's what we can do, whether that's an area of sales, business, love, life, loving yourself, there's blocks stopping you from becoming exceptional. And that's my calling in the world is to help people get those breakthroughs. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. And, and I've had some similar experiences that actually my mind exactly went to. It had to do with GoBots and a toy and they said, we can't afford it. And um, Oh, yeah. Umar, please jump in. You wanted to share that gift with our listeners and our viewers. All right. So here we go, Kurt. Uh, on a scale of one to 100, what is your level of self-esteem right now? 100 being you're a Disney character and it ends well at the end of the movie. And uh, zero would be that you're so depressed you can't wait till I shut up so you can crawl under your table and tuck your thumb. <laughs> so what's your level of self-esteem on a scale of zero to 100 right now? I'd say between 65 and 70. So that's 65 and 70. So Kurt, uh, USA Today is going to write an article about you and what you're doing these days. And your friends tell you, you better get ready for this interview and to get ready, you go into this room that's divided in two with a glass wall. And you sit on one side uh, of the glass wall on a table, a chair, a tablet, a paper, and a pen. And you start writing your accomplishments all the way back to when you were just a little boy. The finger paintings you did, your parents loved. Things you did in elementary school. Things you did for your family. Sporting events. You're writing your accomplishments in high school, in college, at work, with your family. And as you're writing your accomplishments, the essence of who you are, some people may call it spirit, uh, steps out of your body and it floats through the glass wall. And it's, you step on the other side of the glass wall, looking at yourself, writing your accomplishments on the other side of the room. Hmm. And as you're doing that, somebody from your life, Kurt, comes and stands right beside you. It could be somebody, it's somebody that loves you very much or values you highly. Think of who that person is for you. And when you've got that person nod your head so I know you know who, who that person is, have them stand right beside you. And since your spirit, step into their body and see yourself writing your accomplishments on the other side of the room through their loving eyes and really get a good sense of that. And then hear the thoughts they have about you, how much they love you and how much they care about you. 
And finally, I want you to feel the depth of their emotions for you since you're inside their body. Now step outside of their body, go through that glass wall and step back into where you're sitting right now listening to me. And when you step back into your body and you think about your self-esteem, that number's changed. What's that number at? I'd say it's about an 85, 90 at this point. Not bad for a few minutes to jump an extra 10 points. You're about to go into a sales meeting and you just amp up your self-confidence by 10% is a game changer. Mm. Uh, you're going to take your sweetheart, sweetheart out for a date and you can go as dumpy Kurt, or you can just do this exercise and amp up your self-esteem. And that would just make you more loving, more gracious, more present. And she's going to notice that and it's going to change that. So you can use this tool for sporting events, for dates, for business. Uh, and that's the power I want people to know that they have in the palm of their hands to take charge of their mindset so they show up in the world more powerfully. And one of the, was that useful for you? It, it was, it was. I, I, I actually felt myself tearing up a bit. Um, yeah. and getting who, did a you pick, who did you pick as the person for you? Uh, my dad, who, who passed away 10 years ago. But Isn't that beautiful? my biggest fan, you know? <laughs> Sometimes people pick uh, their four-year-old daughter and it makes their heart just weak with happiness because their four-year-old does not see them just as a human being. They're like a god. And it, they see themselves, and that's who they really are to them. And it's, it's the power we have to decide how we feel. And one of the projects I'm working on, I'll let you know, and if you can have, help spread the word, I've got an app coming out called Mindset Boosters. And that app... Uh, we'll have Umar in the app that when you feel anxiety within five minutes, the anxiety will go away so you can show up. If you need to feel more loving, you'll feel more loving. If you need to feel more courageous in six minutes, you'll do that. And hopefully that'll change the world, giving people the power to decide how they want to feel in any situation. So you, you're building the app. You've mentioned workshops, keynotes. How do your, how do people work with you? How, how do people, how can clients? The fastest work with way you? to find me is you're going to put links in the show notes, but if you Absolutely. go to uh, no limits selling, that's limits with an S. So there's two S's there, no limits selling. That's you'll find me there. Or just put my name in Google. And the first few arrest reports are, it was a misunderstanding. Okay. No, only kidding. There's no arrest wars. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm all over the internet because I've got a lot of videos just to give back and teach people how to take charge of this so they become better human beings. Kurt, you're, you're a great interviewer. And uh, one of the things I noticed was, you know, I feel like a diva. It was all about me and you graciously shone the light on me. And that's what a great host does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, a great opportunity. Well, I appreciate it. And thank you because one of the reasons I have the podcast is to learn myself in addition to allowing others to learn from our guests. So Umar, really want to appreciate, I really appreciate it. I want to thank you for coming on the Freedom Media Network. And uh, I've got a podcast too. We're going to share notes and we're going to have you on my show and uh, you get to be the diva and I'll be going, Kurt, welcome to the show. <laughs> Take it, Kurt. Thanks so much. It's a deal. Thanks a lot, Umar. Cheers.